Well, good morning and welcome to Ritz and Road Alliance Church at home and online. My name is Chris Corbin and I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here. And uh, wherever you're joining us from, we're just so thrilled to have you with us today. I also want to say a really big thank you for the ways that you continue to support the church ministry. Um, and this morning, I also want to challenge you. Uh, you know, it's, it's exciting that we get to still gather together, even if it's socially distant, even if it, we're in our own homes and all of these places separated from one another. We are still the church. We are still the body of Christ. And so I want to challenge you this morning to continue to be the body of Christ, to continue to be the church to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, especially in these hard times. Because the hope and the light of Jesus Christ lives in you. And he is a faithful God. And so I want to remind you of his faithfulness this morning. As I read from the, the words of Lamentations, we read this. It says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him and to the one who seeks him. I want to just encourage you, keep putting your hope in the God. Keep putting your trust in him. Wait for him because he is faithful and he will not disappoint you. And I invite you to continue to, to demonstrate that, to live that hope everywhere you go, because God is faithful to you, and he will be faithful to your neighbors as you introduce them to the light of Jesus Christ as well. This morning, as we continue in, enter into our service, I just want to stop and, and take a moment to pray. And so would you bow your, heart, your heads and your hearts with me as we invite God to be present with us this morning, wherever we might be. Let's pray. So, Father God, we come to you this morning, and you are a faithful God. You are a God who has compassion and mercy towards us. And your compassion and your mercy is new every single day, every single moment of every single hour. We can come to you, and we can have faith and, and trust that you are never changing. You are a good God. You are a merciful and loving God. And we can put our hope in you and you are good to us. So this morning, as we come and as we gather together as a church across many homes uh, and, and even many, many provinces, possibly, uh, Lord, we acknowledge that you are God over all, and you have the ability to meet us right where we are at. And so we invite you to come this morning to fill our homes, to fill our hearts, to fill our minds with your presence. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. May we meet with you, may we encounter you in a fresh way today. And through our service this morning, through our worship of you, may you be honored and glorified, Lord. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, welcome back to our series that we've entitled, Teach Us to Pray. As we're walking through this series, we've been exploring what does it mean to pray? And we've also been looking at various forms and, and uh, expressions of prayer. And through this series, ultimately, my hope is that you would grow in your relationship with God. This is first and foremost my desire for you, is that you would have a connection with the God who loves you. 
Um, my hope is that you will deepen your love for prayer and that ultimately you'll end up having a, a greater expanse of tools, uh, you know, a toolbox full uh, of prayer tools at your disposal so that you can effectively pray and come into the presence of God. This morning, I want to start by asking you a question. And it's simply this. Have you ever met someone that just seems so deeply connected to God? Uh, what I'm talking about is someone who seemed to be so in tune with spiritual things and uh, could easily hear the voice of God speaking. You know, these are those individuals for whatever reason that just seem to have this incredible connection to God. And maybe it's one of those connections that you really long for. When you picture someone, is there someone that comes to mind or maybe it's a historical figure? You know, I, you know, you could think of people like Mother Teresa or, or some of the early church fathers and these people who just connected and knew God and could hear his voice. And maybe you longed for those kind of connections yourself. Well, the scriptures, the Bible is full of people who were deeply connected to God. I mean, we can read through the, the Bible and we see all of these accounts. And certainly as we read through the Bible, it's also full of stories of accounts of people who did not listen to God, who were deeply uh, set against him and who rebelled against him. But throughout the scriptures, we read all of these wonderful encounters that people had with God. And uh, they, had, they walked with a deep connection to him. You know, they, they were people who were said to, like, hear his voice and see his face. And it's, a, it's just incredible opportunities to know him. And as we look through the Bible, as you look through the scriptures, you can see all this lineage of people. And I mean, it begins right with Adam and Eve who walked with God in the garden. And we recognize that their connection with God was altered when they sinned and, you know, sin entered into humanity. And Therefore, their connection with God was distorted. But as we continue to walk through the books of the Bible, we continue to see these men and women of faith who develop deep and intimate relationships and connections with God. You know, we read about individuals like Moses, and Moses was described as one who spoke with God face to face. Uh, in the book of Numbers, there's this wonderful story where Moses has led the people of Israel out of slavery in, of, in Egypt and into the wilderness. They're headed towards the promised land. And all of a sudden, Miriam, his sister, and Aaron, his brother, they start to get jealous of, of Moses um, and his connection with God. And so they actually start to grumble against him. And as they're grumbling against him, God hears, him, hears their voices, and he actually calls them out. And in Numbers 12, this is what God said. He says, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all of my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of God. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And I love that. It's not only does Moses speak face to face with God, he has this deep connection with him, but God actually comes and defends his friend Moses. Um, talk about having a deep connection with God. You know, when God is willing to come and defend you to those who are grumbling and complaining against you. And so Moses is clearly one of those individuals having a deep connection. And while Moses was one of those individuals who spoke with God face to face like a friend, I often wonder about the connection that Joshua had. You know, Joshua was Moses' aide and his eventual successor. And 
there's this time in, in the account of Scripture in Exodus where we read about Moses in one of these encounters where he is seeking God face to face. And he goes into the tent where God would come down and meet with him. And it says this, it says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And that, that one little line strikes me. And it's so impactful for me because Joshua here is described as someone who lingered in the presence of God. So when Moses left the presence of God, Joshua remained and he continued to wait and linger among God's presence. And my hunch is that while he was lingering in the presence of God, it was in that space that Joshua really developed a close connection and relationship with God that would eventually sustain him as he would lead the people of Israel into the promised land. You know, throughout the scriptures, we read of others. We, we saw this video in the kids' moment of David, and David is described as a man after God's own heart. And he wrote so many of the different prayers that we find in the book of Psalms. You know, from his days as a shepherd boy until his final days as a king, David seemed to pray deeply, and he seemed to have this intimate connection with, the, with God, with his Father in heaven. And then, of course, we have Jesus. Uh, you know, at 12 years old, Jesus is forgotten after a festival because he's at the temple, at his, at his father's house. You know, as he enters into ministry, he spends 40 days in the wilderness praying and seeking God and, and trusting him. And then throughout his life and his ministry, we find Jesus regularly making time for God. You know, going up into a lonely or a quiet place where he could pray and he could seek uh, the connection with his father. We have the disciples of Jesus who walked with him, who followed him, who learned from him, and who eventually would even ask Jesus, the, the, the title of our sermon series, teach us to pray. They wanted to know. They saw the relationship that, that Jesus had with God, and they wanted it as well. And so men like Peter and John, who, through God's empowering spirit, would lead thousands of people to saving faith in Christ, and who would pray for the sick and see them healed, they had this deep and intimate connection as well. And we see so many more throughout the, the encounters of scriptures, right from Genesis to Revelation, of men and women who were deeply and profoundly connected with God. You know, men like Isaiah and, and Daniel or Paul, you know, Timothy's mother and grandmother, all of these faithful followers of God, deeply connected and rooted with him. And as I was reflecting through this, as I was kind of taking time to notice, what is something that is kind of common among these men with this, and women with this deep, intimate connection with God. And one of the things that I see that is common among them was that they all lived with very profound lives of prayer. They were individuals who talked with God, not at God, but with God. And they experienced him in very profound ways throughout their life. I mean, think of Isaiah and the vision he has of the throne room of God. You know, and so there are these people who had this deep, intimate connection and relationship with God. And for some, it seemed to come naturally, like David, throughout his whole entire life, he seemed to have this natural connection with God where he would worship him as a shepherd boy out in the fields. And even every single day of his life as he was king and ruler over everything. And then there's others who had to learn how to develop this relationship with God. I think of Moses who, you know, encounters God in the, in the wilderness in the form of the burning bush. And he has no clue who God is. And to go from that space where he encounters God, 
to the place where he becomes one who speaks face to face and sees the form of God. It was a journey over, you know, 40 plus years and a wonderful opportunity to grow in his connection and his intimacy with God. So what I find encouraging as I reflect on that, as I look through these encounters with, with these men and women of faith who encountering God and growing in the relationship with them, is that whether we have that experience or not, whether prayer and close connection to God comes naturally for us like it did David, or whether it's a struggle for us, maybe we don't feel the connection with God. You know, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to seek his face. We don't know how to even to talk to him. The truth is, is that we can become people who live in deep intimacy and connection with God. We can be like a Moses and the disciples who learn from God, who experience him, who ask Jesus, teach us to pray, Lord. Help us to grow in our intimacy with God. And so this is actually the very life that Jesus invites us into in John chapter 15, when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, in this passage, Jesus is actually, and throughout scripture, Jesus and God are invite us, inviting us into this deep and intimate, connected relationship with him. And so, as I've shared with you before, prayer can be described as a conversation. It is experiencing God. And so learning how to pray is learning how to communicate with God and learning how to connect with him, how to grow in this intimate, deepening relationship with him. You know, that is described in John 15, that relationship between a vine and a branch, you know, all seamless, connected, deeply rooted. And so this is what we're learning about. This is why we're saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And the reality is, is that prayer is so much more than just saying prayers. It's more than just saying grace at a meal. It's more than just, you know, out of habit and obligation, reciting the Lord's Prayer. And this request that we have, teach us to pray, is so much more than just learning new techniques. I mean, we're walking through that. We're, I'm sharing with you different techniques, the Lord's Prayer, meditative prayer. Today, it's going to be the prayer of examine. And it's more than just learning techniques and, and being able to recite a prayer and some words. It's doing whatever is necessary to deepen that relationship and that friendship with God. This is what our heart's desire is, is to know God deeply and to experience him in his fullness. And so that being said, whatever we can do to, to pursue that is a good thing. And so learning new ways of praying and different forms and expressions of prayer will do just that. It's going to help us to deepen and, and grow in that relationship with God. And so this morning, I want to look at one particular form of prayer that's been used for hundreds of, for hundreds of years to lead people into a deeper connection with God. It's called the prayer of examine. And so just to start off with a little bit of history, the prayer of examine was developed by a guy named St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was the founder of the Jesuit movement. And he was actually described as one who was pursued personal pleasure and military glory. You know, he was in it for whatever he could get. He wanted honor and fame and money and riches and pleasure. And one day he gets wounded in battle and he's severely wounded. And so during what he describes as his long and painful recovery, he would read Christian literature. He would read through the scriptures. And while he was reading through all of this Christian literature and about prayer and who God was, 
He was inspired to renounce his old ways of living and to devote himself to serving God. And through that, and through his devotion to God, Ignatius spent a lot of time in meditation and prayer. And he encouraged other followers of Jesus to encourage, uh, to engage in these practices for developing deeper levels of spiritual sensitive sensitivity and an increasing awareness of God's presence. This is what he longed for to, to see happen through prayer and meditation, to experience the Holy Spirit's movement throughout the day, just to be aware of the presence of God. This is what he longed for others. And so he developed what was called the prayer of examine. And through this, what he kind of was describing was more of a, a fluid style of conversation. It wasn't mechanical in its, its form. And we'll see that it has different movements. It has different stages that you kind of walk through. But these weren't meant to be like rigid step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And if you've completed all five, then you're going to enter into the presence of God. No, it was more of a conversation with Jesus that flowed naturally back and forth between one another. And as you went back and forth with God, you would enter into his presence. You would experience a deepening sense of his presence and a relationship and connection with him. If you're to do a, a study of the prayer of examine, one of the things you're going to discover is that over the years, I mean, this prayer has been around for more than 500 years, this form of prayer. But over those 500 years, it has slowly developed. It has changed, it has shifted. People have interpreted it a little bit differently. Um, and for the most part, they're all similar. It's a, it's a format. And I think even Ignatius would say, it doesn't matter the exact formula that you take. It's the art of having a conversation with God. It is flowing through different movements. And so this morning, I really want to walk with you through what I've discovered to be kind of a basic or common a form of the examine. And so this is kind of taking the general thoughts and, uh, of what it looks like and breaking them down. And it's broken down into five basic movements, five basic portions of the conversation. And the first one is invite the Holy Spirit, or often you'll see it as invite the light. And next is replay the day, reflect upon it. And then it's to give thanks. Then there's a stage of reflection and repentance. And finally, a resolving, a looking forward to the day to come. So I want to walk you through each of these different movements and kind of give you a little bit of a description of what they are and how do we do them. And so for the first step is this, is it's to invite the Holy Spirit. This is the first movement. We are inviting the Holy Spirit's presence um, or the light into our, our life, into our prayer time. And although the prayer of examine can be done at any time of the day, uh, Ignatius taught that it should actually be done at, at least twice a day, at the noon hour and in the evening before bed. These were kind of the times when you would reflect. And so as the whole point of this is to actually reflect upon our day, to, to examine the things that happened and to see how God was there throughout the course of the day and, or from the last time that we prayed. And so this prayer of inviting the Holy Spirit is really inviting God to illuminate the day. It's, an, it's asking God to show us where, are, where, where was he? Where does he come from? You know, as we looked back at the Lord's Prayer, it's similar in addressing um, the Lord's Prayer to the, our Father in heaven. You know, when Jesus invites God to be present, in this moment, we are inviting God to be present with us. We are inviting Holy Spirit, God among us, to just reveal the day to us, to enter with us into this, into this prayer. 
Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. And so that's what we're doing. We're inviting the Holy Spirit. Come near to me, Lord. Help show me what's going on today. Illuminate the day. And it's not just asking God to show us, because we're not just remembering the day. And this is what we're going to do, where we do reflect upon it, we replay the day. But inviting the Holy Spirit is actually asking God to give us understanding, to give us wisdom and discernment about the things that happened. We don't want him just to reveal the events of the day. We want him to help us to understand where he was, how these things happened, our response to them, and to help them to really come alive. That's the first movement. The first movement is inviting Holy Spirit to come. Invite the light to illuminate the day as we reflect and be with us as we enter into this prayer. The next movement is to replay the day. And if you're anything like me, at any given point during your day, there are a ton of ideas and impressions, conversations, projects, tasks, and thoughts and images running through your mind. I mean, I can sit down on a couch and I can get lost in a train of thought for, for I don't know how long before I just like snap back to attention. It's just, where has my mind gone? And it's easy to just be so focused on so many different things. And sometimes it sort of feels like being quiet and having an awareness of God's presence sort of seems out of reach. It's difficult because our mind just flows everywhere. And so this is why we invite the Holy Spirit and we invite him to replay the day with us. We are often so focused on the things that are happening right in front of us um, and the tasks that are at hand that we actually miss the things that God is doing all around us. And so we want to reflect upon them. We want to replay the day. Just recently, I actually, and I've heard of it a few times, but I was reminded of it not too long ago, of uh, a groundbreaking uh, psychological experiment. It's called the Invisible Gorilla. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. But in this experiment, volunteers were shown a 30-second film, it's 30-second video, of a bunch of people playing basketball. There's two teams. There's a black team and a white team, white jerseys. And you're told to count the number of passes that are made with the basketball. And as you're watching, all of a sudden, a man comes onto the screen dressed in a gorilla suit, slowly entering in among the basketball players, and he beats his chest towards the camera, and then he saunters off. And unbelievably, what the study shows is that almost none of the people watching the film noticed the gorilla. They were so focused on counting the passes of the basketball and then keeping focused on the tasks that they had been given that they completely missed the gorilla entering in and, and beating his chest. And so they re-watched re the video and all of a sudden they can see it. And so what we kind of learned from that is that there are different things in our life that cause us to miss the things that are happening right in front of us. And this was done by a guy named Richard Wiseman, and his conclusion was that um, the same things that cause us to miss the gorilla cause us to miss vitally important opportunities in our professional and personal lives. And I think if that is true of our professional and personal lives, of the things that, that matter day to day, how much truer is it about the fact that we are maybe missing out on the things that God is doing and the ways in which God is showing up in our day-to-day -day lives. You know, the reality is, is that God is always present. He is always around us. Psalm 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And so as we replay the day, what Ignatius is reminding us is, just like the psalmist, that God is constantly present. 
God is all around us. He is at work in our lives and the world around us. The daily examine is simply a way of reviewing our day and, and reflecting upon God. It is reflecting and cultivating a greater awareness of God's presence in our life and his work among us and around us. And so by replaying our day, that's what we're doing. We are looking for those moments where God's presence was really tangible, where his work was really noticeable among us. You know, I've heard it described as this. It's rummaging through the day's experience. It's rummaging through that drawer where you're looking for something. You know it's in there. You just need to find it. And so it's rummaging through our day, recognizing that God was always there. God was with us in every moment of our day. We just need to learn to look back and reflect and see him. So that's the first, that's the second step. So we invite Holy Spirit to come and illuminate the day. We invite him to show us where he was present. And then we replay the day. We reflect on where he was in every single moment. And the next step that we take is that we give thanks. It's thanking him for how he's shown up. It's thanking him for how he actually was leading us and guiding us through the day. It's thanking him for how he's protected us and provided for us in every moment of every hour of of our day. Even when we didn't recognize it, but we look back and we see those things. You know, David often rejoiced, and the Psalms are filled with his prayers of gratitude and praise. Psalm 9, verses 1 to 2 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you, and I will sing praises of your name, O Most High. So David constantly took moments to recognize where God had been in in the midst of his day, And he would give praise and he would respond in thankfulness towards God. You know, he continued this as he became the king over all of Israel. And he would give the instructions to the people of Israel to to rejoice as well. In 1 Chronicles, we actually see him giving these instructions to the people where he says, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all of his wonderful acts. You know, it's reflecting upon where God is, what he has done. It's not just one moment. It's every moment where God has been present among us, moving, that we give thanks and we let that be known to the world around us. Paul gives us a similar demonstration to the church in Ephesus when he says this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It is recognizing God's presence. It's recognizing his mercies. It's recognizing his blessings and praising him and thanking him. The question I have for you is what makes you thankful? How how are you thankful and rejoicing and showing gratitude for the things that God has done in your life? You know, it's important to take time. It's pause and to reflect, to give thanks. And so you can do that. You know, it it can be simple. You, You don't have to make it a long, drawn out, exposition and and big thing. It can be a simple prayer of thankfulness and gratefulness to the Lord. It's acknowledging his presence. And what better way to acknowledge God's presence than to rejoice and to give him thanks. The next step in in the movements, uh, as Ignatius teaches us, is that once we've recognized where God has been, and we've taken time to rejoice over the ways that God has been present, the things that he has done, and the way he has cared for us. The next moment is to reflect. 
we want to take time to reflect upon the day and, and for repentance even. Um, and it's not always repentance, but this piece goes in as we reflect upon God. And for most of us, if we were to admit it to ourselves, there really is a tendency to focus on the good things. You know, we want to focus on the ways that God showed up and we experienced his blessings and our day was made better. Um, we want to celebrate those God moments. But as we grow in our intimacy and our connection with God, there should also come a point where we start to recognize that there are moments in our day where we simply miss the mark. You know, it's recognizing that there are moments in each day where God is inviting us into deeper levels of intimacy and connection with him. There are times when God is asking us to be obedient or to respond to him. Uh, and unfortunately, there are times and there's moments in all of our lives and probably each day where we fail to actually respond to God or where we fail to walk in obedience to him. And so this mo movement is really an opportunity to reflect upon that. It is inviting us to be honest about those times where we simply miss the mark. There's a, a Russian mystic by the name of Theophan the Recluse. What a great name, Theophan the Recluse. <clears throat> but he says this, he says, To pray is to descend with the mind into the heart, and there to stand before the face of the Lord, ever-present, all-seeing within you. You know, it's inviting God to search our hearts to the depth. It's going with him to reflect upon every moment of what we thought and how we responded and how we act. And as we are reflecting, we're boldly speaking the words of the psalmist where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, this kind of prayer, this kind of reflection actually challenges us. It's inviting us to come to a place where we hide absolutely nothing from God and we surrender ourselves unconditionally to his mercy. It's reflecting upon those moments without apology or defense. Um, and it's asking him to show us what, was, what is in us. How did we live today? So as I'm reflecting upon those, as I'm allowing God to reveal those places where I have fallen short, I might ask myself, where did I lose it on my kids today? Why did I lose it on my kids today? Why was I a jerk at the store? Why did I let bitterness or jealousy control my thoughts towards someone? Did I act out of fear and out, instead of out of faith? And so we begin to reflect on those. And a word of caution here, this is not something that we just want to do on our own. This is not something we want to just become introspective and self-aware on our own. And this is a movement in prayer that is best done with God. This is why we need to invite Holy Spirit to come with us, to walk with us as we are reflecting upon those areas where we are broken, where we miss the mark. Because if we go alone, there's two outcomes that are going to possibly happen. The first outcome is this, is that as we reflect upon our day, we're going to justify our action. We're going to look upon it and say, well, I, I was right in this. I, I deserve that. I was justified. I, I am, you know, everything was done okay. We make excuses for our thoughts and our behaviors. Well, they acted like that, and so I was just responding to them. The second reason why we don't want to go alone is because when we go alone, there's a tendency for us to declare ourselves unredeemable and we begin to beat ourselves up mercilessly. We're just so broken, so, so wrong. We just, we cannot live a life 
that is worthy. How could God possibly ever forgive me? We can't see how it's possible for God to redeem any of our brokenness, any of our wrongdoings. And so we continue just to beat ourselves up and go further down into this negative spiral. But when we invite the Holy Spirit to go with us and to reflect upon those moments and these thoughts and our actions throughout the day, when we invite him to bring to light all of these things, it is then God's kindness and love that really leads us to this place of confession and repentance. We begin to acknowledge those moments for what they were, and we recognize that God loves us. This is why he sent his son. He didn't send his son because we were irredeemable. He sent his son because he knew that through our faith in Christ, we could come to him. We could enter and we could be forgiven and redeemed. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, it's, it, when, we for, you know when we ask for forgiveness, for walking in fear, for walking in bitterness or jealousy, he is faithful to redeem that and to restore us. And the reality is, is that what's so amazing about praying the prayer of examine is that as we continue to do this, as we continue to, to reflect and be honest about the things in our life where we fall, have fallen short, um, we begin to truly grasp that grace that God has given us through Jesus. We really begin to internalize it. Because the more we begin to forgive and, and, and to repent of those things in our life that are broken, the lighter we actually become. We begin to carry less and less of the burden of our sin and our brokenness as we encounter the forgiveness and the wholeness of Christ. And that leads us to our fifth, our fifth movement, which is, re, is to resolve. Um, <clears throat> it is a resolution of how to live the next day. Henry Nouwen, this famous author and pastor, says this. He says, we move through life in such a distracted way that we do not even take time and rest to wonder if any of the things we think, say, or do are worth saying, thinking, or doing. And so as as we walk through this movement, as we walk through this prayer of examine, as we shift our focus to Jesus, as we rejoice in the things that he has done, as we surrender our brokenness and the places where we've missed our mar- the mark, where we have sinned against God and have seek forgiveness and reconciliation, it begins to shift the way we think and the way we act to the world around us. We begin to live a completely different way of life. And so the whole point of this is not simply just to know God's presence. You know, it's wonderful that we enter into God's presence, that we experience him. But the goal of all of this is that as we experience God's presence, it will lead us to act accordingly. And so the question is, how will your life change when you enter into God's presence? How how would your life need to look differently in light of a deeper and growing connection connection with God? As you walk through these moments, as you are living out this life of forgiveness and rejoicing and back and forth through all of these things, and maybe that's just how it goes. Maybe as you've been forgiven and you repent, you actually return to that movement of rejoicing. How does your life now need to change? How do you need to live in light of the forgiveness that you've experienced? How do you need to live in light of the gratitude that you have just described and given to God? In light of everything that we've experienced through God, his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, 
Our lives need to look different day by day. And once again, the psalmist shows us how to pray when he says this. He says, show me the way I should go. For to you, I lift up my soul. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, and may your good spirit lead me on level ground. You know, we invite God to show us how to live each and every single day. Psalmist also says in Psalm 95, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. We need to respond. We, we cannot keep living the same way that we continue to live <laughs> in light of God's presence. As we experience him, as we begin to see how he responds, how he's moving and acting all around us, in and through our lives, as we rejoice in him, as we re come to him in repentance and reflection, we need to live differently. We cannot harden our hearts. We have to resolve to live differently tomorrow. That's what this last step is. It's taking everything that we have experienced as we've gone to walking with God and saying, now that I know all of these things, my life is going to look different. I'm going to live differently tomorrow or even now. You know, this is the beauty of doing it at noon hour is to say, you know what? My day so far hasn't been great. I haven't lived up. I haven't experienced God the ways I should have so far today. I'm going to commit to living the rest of my day with an awareness of his presence, entering into those moments that he's inviting me, and I'm going to live for him. I am resolving to follow God, to seek him, to live through his presence and to make a difference for him. And so as we begin to wrap up, I want to highlight just a few of the benefits of practicing the prayer of examine each day. And I want to encourage you, this is something that should be practiced regularly. Not, I mean, you can do it one off, but encourage, make this a daily part of your lifestyle and your prayer life with God. But some of the ways that we can experience the benefits of engaging in this daily is, the first one is it changes the way we feel or respond to the world around us. This is that Henry now, and when we begin to stop to think and reflect on the things that we are thinking and saying and the ways that we are responding, we start to realize that there are some things and how we think and, and act that really aren't good for us. And so it gives us the opportunity to change those, to be more aware of the way we are responding to the world around us, the way we are responding to God and people. And through this, we actually become self-aware. This is another benefit of the prayer of examine. We start to see the ways in which God is working in us. We're, we're honest with ourselves about who we are. Uh, we, we no longer try to hide the reality of who we are. We accept ourselves in our, in our giftedness and in our brokenness. And as we become more aware of ourselves, we actually become more mindful of God's presence. As we continue to reflect upon God and where he was in our day, I, I believe it becomes easier to see where God showed up. As you, as you focus on those moments and invite Holy Spirit to reveal them to you, you begin to naturally see God at work around you. That's a deep connection. And so ultimately, you actually grow in your intimacy with God. Because you're aware of God's presence all around you, you actually seek to meet with Him. You seek a deeper connection with Him. And then you look forward to the next moment with God. It no longer becomes a burden to enter into this moment of prayer because you're actually seeking a God who you're deeply connected with. That has a, you long to spend time with them. You rejoice in those moments as you know God deeper and deeper. You know, so as we look at all of these things, I want to remind you that the prayer of examine is really simply a tool. Um, it's words. It, it's a formula in, in some ways. But it, when practiced regularly, 
when you take the prayer of exam and you pair it with a desire to grow in your relationship with God, and you are being led by the Holy Spirit, it has the ability to lead you into deeper places of connection and intimacy with God. I want to invite you to take a few moments after the, at the end of the service here to work through the questions for reflection. Take time to wrestle with them, to come before God. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to take time to just journal some of these thoughts. And then I want to challenge you throughout this coming week is to pray the prayer of examine each day. It doesn't have to be long. You can do this quite quickly, actually. You, you know, maybe only 15 minutes a day of coming before God, replaying the day, reflecting on how he showed up, giving thanks, reflecting on how you maybe missed the mark or maybe you didn't see God at work and repenting of those things and then resolving to live better the next day. And as you do this daily, you begin to see how and wonder, how might God bless you? How might you experience a deepening and, and a growing connection with him as you enter into his presence each day? And so I invite you, maybe set your alarm. Set your alarm for 12 o'clock and right before bed and, and give time to God. Give space to him to enter into this conversation where you allow him to just walk through your day aware of his presence in every single moment so that you can grow deeper with him. Let's pray. So Father God, I thank you that you are with us, that you are all around us at all times. You are a God that we can encounter in every moment of every single day, and yet sometimes we don't. We, we completely miss you. We're unaware of your presence. We're unaware of the things that you are calling us to. And so Lord, the prayer of examine is just a tool to know you. It's just a tool to be aware of your presence, to, to take time, intentional time, to set our hearts and our minds on you, to allow you to speak in and through our lives, that we would be deeply aware of your presence, that we would encounter you in the day-to-day -day moments of every day. And so, Lord, we invite you into our lives. We invite you to speak to us, to reveal those moments around us where you were working, where you were moving that we would deeply press into those things, that we would grow in our relationship and our, our connection with you. And through all of these things, may there be a response to the way we live. May we take those moments and that presence with a view in our lives, and may we just pass it on, may we bless others with it, that they would see the goodness of you, that they would encounter your love, your mercy, your grace as well, and that they would turn their hearts to you. And through all of these things, would you be honored and glorified, Lord? I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.